and welcome to the Golden Rob Podcast, bringing you some of the latest and greatest Pokemon news and a few laughs along the way. I'm Ben, and as always, I'm joined by fellow Pokemon enthusiast, Connor. Before we begin, you can jump around the podcast by using the timestamps in the description below. But why would you want to do that? You just want to watch the entire thing and see our faces on screen, which we've got, you know, we've got some good feedback on that. You're making some nice eye contact there as you deliver that opening line. <laughs> I got it's it. Definitely not because you're reading a script. <laughs> no, no. I'm, well, no. I, 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 I've got this script now. After, and I should hope so. After what is this episode forty four? Uh something like that. We've been doing it nearly a year. Near, yeah. Well, in two months' time, we, we, it's a year. <sighs> it's which terrifying. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> we need, which we, we need to figure out what we're doing for our one year. You have to do something on your anniversary. So, if people have got any, um, like final episode. Our, that's it. Fi- we're going we're to call it after one call year. It That's it done. Yep. Okay, right. You heard it here, folks. We've got eight weeks to hit a thousand subscribers. Okay, <laughs> so no, no prep. That's on YouTube, by the way. So I'm not even talking about on the on the uh, podcast. We need. Hey, like, you got to make it uh, worth uh, our while. Come on. Yeah. You, you, come on. We, we, come on. A lot of work goes into this. You, you, you got to pay pay out. You know. Yeah. If you we want should to definitely join start our, Patreon. <laughs> we we definitely should. And if you want to join our highest level of Patreon at two thousand pound a month, you can do so. <laughs> By following the links down below, we don't have Patreon yet. That's a lie. That's a lie. He's lying. Don't, don't, don't. There, there are no one in the comments who says this is the Patreon link. They're lying. That's not us. Okay. Don't. No. None of the above. <laughs> Just gonna send them to my PayPal account. <laughs> Just send them there. Anyway, have you had a good week so far? It's been a busy one, honestly. But yes, all in all, I've enjoyed it. Good, you? good. It's been it's been really good. Thank you. I'm looking forward to the uh, Easter holidays, four day weekend coming up. I, I can't mm, wait. I'm I've going a... to see. Go on, go on. What are you doing? No, now? no, no, no. You do you. I'm uh, going to see the Mario movie, Super Mario's Ooh. movie on Saturday <laughs> tomorrow. Fingers crossed, it's wait. actually good. It's it's had kind of like mixed reviews at the moment. Some critics are like yes, some are like no. It's kind of fifty fifty. But fan wise, yeah, it seems across the board to be really enjoyed good which is what we want we want good video game movies because hopefully then we get more of these type of things do you think if this does well they might be building up to their own version of a shared universe god i hope not I, I mean don't get me do wrong I'd, okay. I'd, I'd love smash bros the movie but yeah. <laughs> i don't think it'll happen no i don't think it will either part of, part of me that geeky part of me really wants it to happen I don't think it will, though, unfortunately. See, I don't know, because, like, from what I've seen of the Mushroom Kingdom and all the rest of it, mm, mm. I couldn't see that linking in with the, ironically, Legend of Zelda universe that I think is in the works. Right, okay. I think the way they get around that is kind of, you get plucked from your different universes, because then they don't have to worry about that. But, like, the, the there's a lot of... I know I know a lot of the the... The characters, the main characters in the Super Smash Bros. universe are owned and imagine 100% by Nintendo, right? Or at least well, the, the, ish, they're, the publish, think... they're the publisher of the gaming companies. Yeah. Yeah, they own at least some level of the rights to most of the most of the original roster, shall mm. we say. Mm. Because nowadays you've got things like Sonic, which they 100% just don't own. Or, no. you know, Solid Snake, or yeah. um, I'm trying to think of other characters now. But, like, the Fire Emblem ones, I think they published the games on those. But, yeah. No, I can't think off the top of my head. But I, do, I don't see it happening. 
no no what what about you what were you gonna say what what have you got planned uh we've got a fantasy festival going on down here um, fantasy festival yeah so okay, so it's a little that? bit weird like i thought this but no apparently it's oh. just everything fantasy from like dungeons and dragons to uh you know lord of the rings but then it will step up to doctor who and star wars and with a little pirates of the caribbean thrown in there it's basically we've got a really strong cosplay community around this area and it feels like an excuse just for all those guys to get together and nerd out nothing wrong with that are you going yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) you dressed it up I'm considering it. So actually, actually, what I've been doing a lot of today is going out and trying to find bits of costume because I've got. Here we go. Oh, oh this is this is just for, for those on YouTube. For those of see. you on YouTube who can watch this, I've got a really nice studded padded uh, gambeson thing right, that okay. is borrowed. But okay, trying to find something to go with it is a right pain. Right. Okay. Just well. You, I'm sure you could just find some old-fashioned boots from somewhere. I mean, obviously, well, I, got, you can't... I got boots. That's fine. Okay, and, and I've got of like a swords. A... Just, just get some kitchen knives. <laughs> oh, well, we, try, it? we we try not to bring real life weapons. That oh, would be okay. somewhat against the rules. Okay, but no, it's, wanna... it's, try, it's trying to get like shirts and stuff, you know, with the, with the granddad yeah. collar, so it doesn't actually have I, a collar, yeah. so it looks more medieval. And then it's trousers. Trousers are the hard ones. Okay. And so how long have you got, like, two days to pull this together? Uh, so it's Sunday and Monday. So I've got four or five days. Okay, no pressure. Right. Yeah, it'll be fine. You'll, you'll be all right. Let's move on to the first piece of Pokemon news this week. We've had another trailer for Pokemon Stadium, which is coming to Switch Online. If you have the expansion pack, we have a release date of April the 12th. Um... No confirmation on any kind of compatibility with Scarlet and Violet or Home or anything. So it looks like you are stuck with the rental teams. Unfortunately, we have spoken about this in the past. It's a shame that this isn't happening. I've, you know, I've I've been following a couple of Reddit threads and posts about this. And moreover than anything, it, it... People don't seem to be upset or annoyed by this. They're just confused by it because they just don't understand what the logic is behind releasing a game where rental teams were nearly impossible to beat it with. Apparently, I know. I I tried. Oh, did you? Right. Yeah, because I didn't play it until much later. I, when I was at university, uh, Lewis had an N sixty four and had Stadium, and I tried playing it and. Yeah, the rental teams suck. They're they're horrendous. Right, okay. The it's game is fully designed to trade through. Um, so without it, you're missing out. Now, don't get me wrong. If you already have the expansion pass, there's some cool mini games and stuff in there that's worth Agreed. checking out. Yeah, the mini, the mini games look fantastic. But I don't personally recommend going out to buy the expansion pass so that you can play Stadium. As it stands at the moment. Yeah, yeah. And let's not forget, there, there is a Pokemon Stadium too. Who, and, and who knows, maybe further on down the line, compatibility becomes a thing. I'm, you know, fingers crossed, but I don't think it'll happen, unfortunately. I don't have the, I don't have 
the expansion pack um, as part of my Nintendo Switch Online, so I'm not going to be able to play it, unfortunately. Um, however, I for those of you on YouTube, I, I have the physical version in the background, so there's nothing stopping me, you know, whacking it into an N64 and experiencing how it's meant to be played. Have you got a link cable? The link cable? No, yeah. I've got... You, you've got the transfer pack. Oh, that's what you need, isn't it? Because, of course... Yeah, yeah, I've got that. So I've, I've, I've literally mm. got everything I need. To be fair, I've not got a save file on my yellow or blue that is far enough along to bring along any good <laughs> Pokemon. I mean, I can I can rock up against Brock would be level 12 Pidgey if I wanted to. Um, but I don't think I'd get very far. But it, it's, it's a shame because I remember when I first played this game on the N64 back in the day and plugging in my Pokemon Yellow via the transfer pack, bringing along the team that I had developed and grown with and seeing them in 3D color on screen was just an amazing experience. And it's such a shame that people won't be able to see it almost in reverse of these are the Pokemon that I've caught and I love. And now I'm seeing them in this, you know, old style models. Mm -hmm. It's a real shame that we're not getting that, unfortunately. Yeah. Who knows? They might surprise us and be like, oh, by the way, it's fully compatible with home. It's not going to happen. It's not gonna I'm sorry. <laughs> but that would be that would be fantastic. Anyway, let's move on to the second piece of news this week. It's a slight change, not all change. Uh, Creatures Inc. Uh, so for those of you who don't know, Creatures Inc. is the studio responsible for the 3D modeling and animation of Pokemon models for the games. This news comes courtesy of Joe Merrick, the owner of Cerebi. The... I'm going to attempt to pronounce these names. Correct me if I'm wrong, Connor. So, Tsukazu Ishihara? Uh, Ishihara is correct. Ishihara. Yeah. And Hirokazu Tanaka? Tanaka, yeah. Yeah, have stepped down as CEO and president of Creatures, Inc. Um, Ishihara, is, I didn't know this, is probably best known to Pokemon fans as the main host of the Pokemon Presents live streams. Which, yep, he's, so, the, he's the guy. He is the so he's the face. He is the head of the Pokemon company. Right. He was until very recently the head of Creatures Inc. He has now left. Creatures Inc. Not the he's Pokemon left company. Creatures Inc. Right, okay. But not so, the Pokemon company. It is to be seen whether or not he leaves the Pokemon company. Okay. If he leaves the Pokemon company, that would imply to me there is a a big shake-up happening. If mm-hmm. he's staying at the Pokemon company, that almost just implies to me that either he's cutting down his hours at one company or he wants to prioritize the running of one company over another. I I don't think either way this implies any major changes for Creatures, Inc. Uh, how do you mean? I just don't... Because all Creatures, Inc. does off the top of my head is how like 3d modeling and things i think they have done their own games in the past but when i had a look at a wikipedia article it has been a while since they've done their own game so Mm -hmm. i'd imagine it's just business as usual for them so it's a difficult one to say because whenever you shake up the very tippy top of any company uh, some branches are going to fall loose Mm -hmm. and some things are going to change again as far as pokemon's concerned I think Creatures plays a relatively... God, this is us. This is us completely speculating on a company I have no context for. But as far as I'm aware, 
They play a very small part in the whole decision-making process. Yeah, I'd imagine... I I don't know. The the fact that when I've read up about it, it says they're responsible for the 3D modeling means that that implies to me that some artists over in Game Freak go, these are the Pokemon designs, model them for us. And they go off, they do the thing, and like you say, they don't have a lot of input. I mean, to be fair, it's a bit strange, really, because Creatures, Inc., it's only since doing this podcast that I've learned about who Creatures, Inc. are, their mm-hmm. role in all this. And well, I... they do own a third of the Pokemon company. Yeah, and that so is So the fact that there's a new name at the top mm. means there is a new person there making decisions at, at the table, as it were. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's going to be interesting. Let's see what happens. I, I think if even if there are going to be shakes up, shake up and changes, I don't think we'll see anything. But in, you know, in the immediate future, no. you're probably talking further on down the line. Should we move yeah. on to the big piece of news this week? Let's do it because I've not really read this article, so okay. I'm just going to sit here and react to you if that's okay. Okay, right. I have a lot to get through, so please bear with me. So it's an update on Pokemon Go controversy as normal nantic are making some changes to the remote raid passes that were released in 2020 when people were stuck at home due to covid for those of you who don't play pokemon go this allows you to take part in remotes from uh, remotely it's basically what the name says um and the main changes are they're reducing the amount of remote raids that you can participate in down to five, and they're increasing in cost. Currently, it's one for 100 uh, poker coins or three for 300 poker coins. Now, um, it costs this, this means it's about 80 pence for one of these passes. Now, it's looking likely that the price will increase to around double. People are aren't clear on the price we've got some people saying it's going to be 195 poker dollar poker coins for one so almost double in price some data miners however have jumped in to the game and managed to find a figure of 150 regardless they are going up in in price whether or not it's 150 or 195 is yet to be seen however they are making other changes the positive is that remote raid passes will now be available as potential rewards in research breakthroughs. So that's when you when you complete seven tasks in a row and there's a chance that you might get it. However, there's going to be a hard limit of three of these in your game at any one time. Any extras get converted to premium battle passes. Now, that's just the context of what happened, what has happened. Now, what this has led to is a call from players to stop playing, to strike, to remove the game. Um, there's been multiple posts on the Pokemon Go Reddit thread, uh, Reddit page. These have basically been taken down from uh, from uh, mod action. Uh, more than 70,000 people have signed a petition on Change.org as of today, Wednesday, recording this. There's been nearly 35,000 tweets on Twitter with the hashtag HearUsNeantic. And unfortunately, it's also led to the Pokemon Go global community manager receiving death threats. We've been over this before. It, don't do no, that. Just don't do it. Just don't be that person. Uh, now, I think what is almost been the straw that's broke the camel's back is that this has come on the back of 
Niantic slowly removing features and benefits from the games over the past couple of years. And I just kind of want to touch on these um, because they, they they all kind of lead me into the decision of, I, th- I think the reason they're doing this is because of, and I'll go into this in a bit. So uh, over the course of the last couple of years, rare candy drop rates has been reduced. Uh, no more free items on community days. You, they used to give away 33 free ultra balls. Um, they re- halved the length of community days. Um, the spawn rate of Pokemon using the incense, if you aren't moving, has also been decreased. I they want you to get out and about. Uh, a weekly one coin box, which included items, including the remote raid passes, is no longer a thing. And research breakthrough boxes no longer have legendaries. There's been a lot of features and benefits removed over time. And I think it's gotten to the point where a subset of players have just had enough of this and finally wants Niantic to just listen to them. Now, before I go into my thoughts, because I've talked for a lot and I need some water, <laughs> what, what are your thoughts on this, Connor? So, it's always a shame to see, you know, as, as you say, useful things that just make playing the game easier. Yeah, because that's what remote raid passes are. It makes the game easier. Agreed. It doesn't make it uh, any less difficult to go to raids. Or sorry, I rephrase that. It doesn't make it any less difficult to beat raids or you know w- win win Pokemon, catch Pokemon. It just makes it easier to partake. And on that level, I see it as an accessibility thing. These were originally introduced when COVID came out. They the <laughs> so what winds me up is these categorically saved the game oh yeah the game would not exist without remote raid passes and they have kind of been slowly just taking them away from people and i can't work out the reason why okay what's the what's the benefit because they used to give them away on a daily thing wasn't it you got so many raid passes just for playing the game yeah and then so so, the remote raid passes as it were Yes, yes. So ordinary raid passes, you will get one a day for free for just spinning a gym. Mm -hmm. The premium battle passes, which allow you to do it in person and you can't do it from a distance, they've been in the shop for a while and you can get them for a variety of reasons. I think I've got 19 in my box. So what's the benefit of a premium raid pass? so So the premium raid pass is just you have to pay for it to do it. You get one free one a day, anything else you have to use in-game currency to get whether or not you get that through excuse me gyms or you pay or you can sometimes get them as um as rewards for doing a variety of things okay but the remote raid passes they are getting rarer to get to the point where basically if you are free to play free to play player you need to basically max out the coins from a gym two days in the row just to buy one of these that's looking like it'll be either three or four days just to earn one of them now the reason why i think they're doing this is they want people to get out and about which they've said before is their whole 
gimmick behind Pokemon Go is we want people to to get out and about. We want people to explore, which to be fair, like I, I can agree on that part that it's a it's a good philosophy to have in terms of yeah, get out, explore, like and and yeah. The reason why I think they're doing this though is because if you're out and about, you're wandering around, they can collect data on you. Uh-huh. And and that data they they is, is they worth use, more than the game it's, itself. It's worth worth more. How like don't get me wrong, I, I I don't have the figures mainly because I haven't gone looking, but I've got a feeling that I wouldn't be able to find them anyway. So no. I don't know what the ratio is between people buying the coins and the data they get from sorry, the money they get from selling the data or I know that in certain areas they um they have like Starbucks as a poker stop, which I'm pretty sure they pay something for um so the what i'm what i'm thinking is that the reason they want they're doing this is because they want you out and about which means they can collect your data and therefore okay. there's there's value in it now it's a fair speculation i'm gonna just add on to that go for um it. because the idea is it's not necessarily that you know monetary value is or monetary value of people buying coins and stuff is equal to or less than the data value. But the thing is, when you're talking about free-to-play games, the vast majority of people play them free. They play them free-to-play. There are a few people who will, like, throw in $10, $20, $30 a month, maybe. And then you have what has been coined the whales, whales. who are people who spend thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars every single month on these games now do they provide a lot of money yes but if you're talking about the wider fan base the wider uh users of pokemon go yeah selling data is definitely a way to monetize each and every player you have but again i don't know i don't know if yantic have ever been caught selling data or what their terms and conditions are i haven't looked into it so this is pure speculation i feel like we have to protect ourselves these days <laughs> also on that note of protecting ourselves uh yeah the the the, the blah, words are hard i don't know what's happening today it's late um <laughs> creatures inc also does the trading card game there you go because somebody was oh, gonna yeah. scream at me if i didn't say it they do they do so the 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 issue I have with Niantic it, it, with, with this, and I'm seeing this more and more with them, is they, they they have got a behavior that they want players to lean towards, which is do things in person. What annoys me is instead of rewarding people for doing the behavior they want, they're punishing the people that don't do the behavior that they want. Does that mm. make sense? So instead of going... Okay, you can use your raid passes, absolutely fine. But did you know that the the premium ones where you do them in person, they're slightly less poker coins, or you can get the bundles for less money, or, oh, if you go to one in person, you get better rewards, items, odds, shiny odds, whatever you want to be. And I I don't agree with companies where they they don't reward the good behavior, they punish the behavior 
that they don't want to see, but it's a behavior of their own making. They're the ones that introduced remote raid passes mm-hmm. and gave them out like candy at one point. And then just trying to figure out, okay, how can we get people to get out and about in person? It just doesn't sit right with me that, you know, they are punishing players, a subset of players that might have a disability. Might not there, be able to there's get, always my argument. Yeah. That might not be able to go out and about because of accessibility issues. They might not be able to go out on community day because they're busy at home with family or friends and they may be just like me sometimes oh it's community day right i've got 10 minutes before someone gets around the house or 10 minutes before i go out right i'll load it up i'll catch the couple that are in my area maybe i get lucky and get shiny and i I, unfortunately i can't touch it for the rest of the day Mm -hmm. um and again rural players is one you always bring up you just can't it's it's punishing people like that yeah like i whenever sometimes you'll get the notification of there are more raids. Raids are spawning more in the area around you. And I load mm-hmm. it up and go, yeah, the, the two poker gyms that I have in a 15-minute walk radius, one of them has got a a raid. <laughs> and I can guarantee if I walk up there, nobody's there. No. But i tell you what I do do is every now and again, I have a, I have, um, a, a friend of a friend that, that goes out with their son and a couple of friends, and it's not really local to me. It'd probably be about a 25-minute drive, which, like, It's no, too far I'm to go to play that. a game. It's too, it's too far. But they'll invite me in via remote raid, yeah. and I'll do it, and I'll help out. And what's annoying is, typically, there's there's three or four of them, and I, jo- I join in, and we barely win against mm-hmm. the, the Pokemon. And if I wasn't there as a remote player... The the four three or four people doing it in person wouldn't win. So there is actually a benefit to people doing it remotely. Yeah, and that's the thing as well, because you don't do as much damage if you're doing it remotely, do you? I don't know on that. I am fairly because basically, I I don't play Pokemon Go a lot unless people couldn't tell. Um, But I have friends who played it pretty regularly, and occasionally they'll ring me up and be like. Have you got 10 minutes? Because if you log in now, you'll get remote raid pass and you can just join this raid. And that's it. And I'm like, yeah, I haven't played the game in three months, but sure, I can join in. And that's the thing. It, it gets people who don't play the game to play the game. So what's what's the downside to these? I just don't see why they take it away. Uh, do, I th- do I think a strike or... Which is more accurately a boycott, surely. But yeah, it's more it, it's more boycott than it is a strike. Yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's a weird phrasing, but that's Reddit for you. Um, <laughs> do I think it's necessary? No, but I think this is a fan base that is frustrated. I mean, yeah. <laughs> we yeah. we complained about Pokemon Go for so many weeks in a row. We finally decided we like we were going to have an episode where we didn't do any negativity. That's how bad it's got. <laughs> so. <laughs> And it it is. It's every single week you see Pokemon Go, Pokemon Go, Pokemon Go, Pokemon Go, Pokemon Go. Yep. Fans upset, and it's like, yeah. How does one? How does one game keep winding so many people up? Yeah, that's the frustrating part. Is like Pokemon Go is is gotten to the point now where I every day I'll log in, I'll try and spin a stop, I'll catch a Pokemon, I'll finish off one of me daily tasks 
And that's a, that's about all I do, unless I happen to be out and about for community day, and I'm like, oh, right, okay, me and my wife are going for a walk, and I'll just be wandering around catching Pokemon. Or sometimes if you get the special monthly events where it, it's like, oh, there's 12 Pokemon to catch, you do it, you'll get a reward at the end of it. I'll try and do that. But I'm I'm not one of those plays that, that probably Niantic really cares about, mm-hmm. if that makes sense, because I don't spend money on it. I don't really get out and about with it. So if I was the kind of person that went, you know what, enough is enough, I'm going to uninstall the game, it's not going to make a blind bit of difference. They They won't care unless you have people, the, 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 the people who would affect Niantic with a boycott, deleting the app, whatever it might be. Aren't going to do they, it. They're not going to do it. They're too invested. They're too invested. And even if some of them do, it's not going to be enough of them to make a difference. Now, I That's do... not saying that people can't make a difference. Yes. Yes. Vote with your wallets. That is yes. th- that is the best way to get these companies to listen. It so, is. So all power to these fans. I hope I hope I hope the the outcome of this is Nantic at least goes Oh yeah, we have got you know There's enough of a stink here, we need to do something. We need to do something. Yeah, we need to start building up some goodwill after all the neg- negative issues that Pokemon Go has had over the last couple of months, it seems. Because like I remember we're talking I think we've said this on the podcast before. When we're talking about starting this up and like oh, Pokemon Go, yeah, we'll dive into it every now and again, but you were not going to have it's it every week at the moment. This and, and like I, it's gone to the point where I just love talking about it, mainly because of the insight into the company mm-hmm. more than anything. Of like, because realistically, the increase of the remote raid passes does it affect me that much? Probably not because I don't play it often enough. Really, I'm sitting on two thousand coins in my account because I'm I'm lucky that my daughter's school when i pick her up typically all the parents have already picked her up so i can whack a pokemon in the gym and it's not knocked out till the next morning i'm guaranteed 50 poker coins every like it four or five d- days in a in a row which means i've just built up these coins but like i've kind of got nothing to spend it on outside of cosmetics and just getting the the um the incubators which i don't really walk that much to mm-hmm. like be constantly needing them so this issue but i guess that's part of the problem actually is the fact that i used to play it a lot more i used to enjoy really going out and about and doing things and you know working towards those the the weekly um research breakthroughs because you used to get a legendary and being a rural player getting legendaries was really difficult for me because normally i couldn't get into enough people to raid to win the legendary so like when everyone else already had you know Moltres, zapdos and articuno i was weeks or months behind waiting for the research breakthrough to finally get one and they've taken that away which means that for me there have been days where i don't do the daily thing because what's the benefit at the end of the week if there's a chance i can get a chance or a pidgey like mm-hmm. it, it, there's no appeal there to me so uh, it's to the point now where you know in a week i'm probably on it actively for about four or five minutes yeah again i dropped it a long while ago but that's just because i just haven't got the energy for it and my phone keeps dying every time i try and play it 
Oh, yeah, it does cane the battery. It's like uh, po Pokemon Go. It's just one of those weird things where if it wasn't Pokemon, it would have gone stale and, and died by now. Mm -hmm. But because it's got Pokemon, it's got the sticking power. And unfortunately, like the changes that they're introducing, trying to make it more exciting, just for me, they're just the same old stuff of go out, catch Pokemon, complete tasks, and you might get shiny, or you might get one for special move, and like, and I hate when free to play game. There's a point with all free to play games where you reach a point you're like, I'm just getting I'm, squeezed now. Yeah, or like for me, it's more. I'm playing this for the sake of playing it. Yeah. I'm well, that's getting... that's the trap. Is yeah. it's it's all psychologically built so that you, you know, it's why timers exist. You know, the, the original intention was a case of, oh, we, we've got a really small game. We don't want people blitzing through all of it in one go. And then it kind of went, well, hang on. No gambling addiction. We can we can turn this into habits if people have to check back every 24 hours just to pick this up and just do this and just, oh, yeah, no, I just need to log on and get my things. Well, now it's a habit. Now it's in the back of your head all the time. And that's how they get you. Because as soon that's as it's a part of your life, you can't just let it go when it starts winding you up. Yeah, I'm I'm quite to be fair, I'm quite good at knowing when I've hit that point where okay, the enjoyment's gone and now it's become almost a habit and knowing yep. and that's why like Pokemon Masters really enjoy that, but this is the I have I have deleted the app before because it got to the point where I was like, nah, this is this is too much now. They they want you to do all these daily things and I'm not getting fun, I'm not getting a challenge from it. And Pokemon Masters and Pokemon Go, I'm kind of getting to that point now where I'm thinking, unless you bring some exciting stuff in, and I'm not just doing the same old stuff, I'm just going to uninstall the app for a bit. Because yeah. it, all my data in it, and Pokemon will still be there. I can come back in three months' time when they turn around and go, yeah, we've had a complete overhaul. We've brought all these new features out, all these new challenges. Please come back. Like, okay, right, that's fine, but... Yeah, I mean, we shall it, see. It, it's similar on the level of like Unite because I tried to go back to Unite not long ago. Yes, and as soon as I logged in, it was like, click this, click this, click yeah. this, click this, gain this, go earn this, earn this. Oh, go up this track, and I'm like, nope, done. I see you, done. I see you. I don't want to. Yeah. No, none of the above. So like, I I haven't been on Pokemon Unite in a very very long time. I think the last time I was on it was when Duraludon was introduced, or not long after that. It mm. has been a long time and for the for the first couple of months i was that player that was like okay do all the challenges and everything you get all the freebies there's a chance that you'll get you know cosmetics or pokemon and then i stopped playing it daily and then it was kind of a relief when i logged back in and it was oh these are i think it was the mew event where it was like you could unlock mew if you did all these yeah. things and i looked at us and i just thought to myself I know I'm not game Mew, but I'm okay with that. I'm just logging in to have a couple of games, and then I'll put it down, and you know what? It's fine. I don't need to do the six different tabs of all the different challenges and all the different things. I'm happy to just go in and play a 10-minute MOBA for a couple of times a day and then come out and not revisit it. I, I'm, I can't get into that habit-forming mindset because it just takes up your life, and it's not worth what you get out of it unfortunately yeah. 
Uh, right. Remote rate passes are disappearing, and that's a big shame. There you go. Yeah. Well, they're yeah. not disappearing. They're just getting more expensive, which is practically the same thing. Practically. They're, they're be- yeah, they're, they're disappearing slightly, making it harder to get. Mm-hmm. Let's move on to Pokemon Ultimate Journeys. It's that time again where we continue watching the anime. Three episodes we discuss, and the first episode this week is episode 19, Aim for the Eight. This is it. Ash versus Raihan. It's a three-on-three to decide who joins the other seven world-class Champ, not champions, because they're not all champions, but the world. Well, class. they are. They are. Are they all champions? They're oh, yeah. all champions. Yes, Alan because... won the Kanto, uh, the Kalos League. That's it. Right. That's the one I got hung up on. I was like, hold oh, on, did they win? Yeah, no. Yeah. Is, technically not a champion, but he is the winner of the Kalos League. So, right. yes. Okay. Okay. So, um, shall we. How do you want to approach this? Do, should we break down each fight or just the episode overall or what do you uh, think? just the episode overall because just... it was kind of fine okay i think for what i was expecting like there was nothing that blew me away which was a big shame not even the sandstorm ha 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 <laughs> um no not really it kind of okay. like i don't know I don't, know, I don't know what to say other than it was it was it was fine. It was fine. Right. Okay. I I did enjoy it, mainly because it was good to see Ash sweat. Mm-hmm. Not not literally, but the fact that like he starts this fight and Raihan's flygon just absolutely wipes the floor with Dragonite, who Ash does manage to come up with a strategy um, of basically, you can't see the Pokemon. It's in a sandstorm. So you know what? I'm just going to go scorched earth on this Pokemon. Draco Meteor, absolutely everywhere. And then Gengar, again, Ash uses the tactic of, I'm only allowed three Gigantamax moves, but Gengar can use his tongue as a cheeky move. So we've yeah. seen this this twice now, and it's... It was good to see Ash on the back foot and come up with some strategies to win. And what I did really like about this is, like, Raihan in, like, Raihan in the in the game is is a really weird because, like, obviously he's a he's a gym leader and he's advertised as the as the dragon gym leader, mm-hmm. and yet he's more he does a, he does double battles and does weather. Yeah, exactly. Which, to be fair. It's one of the reasons I struggled with him most in the game is because you you need a diverse team to to battle him. And I do wish that Pokemon games did this with the gyms where it wasn't around a typing and it was around a theme or a gimmick and you had to figure out how to counter that. So this episode did what the game kind of touched on and it gave you a team that was based around all these different setup moves. Like Gudra starts with Rainstorm at rain dance and then literally thunder surf hydro pump in quick succession all these different moves that get some kind of boost from it um which i i really did like i mean the the, the standout fight was obviously lucario versus um 
Duraladon, which was quite nice. And we got the spirit bomb. We we got him charging it <laughs> Which up. I thought was a mega-only thing, actually. So I was kind of surprised okay. that he could do it outside of his mega form. Apparently so, yeah. Um, and we got we got the typical anime thing of charging up the attack. Duraladon's doing nothing while we get the flashbacks and we get the voiceovers and we get the we get acknowledgement yet again that Ash has this aura around him, is able to connect mm-hmm. with Pokemon, in this case Lucario. Um yeah, and yeah, it, it's a bit annoying that Ash explains that the aura is connecting to everything because one of the compliments we had last week was about, you know, the show don't tell and we were able to get it through just what they showed on screen, whereas this it went back to the same old thing of, of showing them. Um, I enjoyed the episode. Um, it wasn't... It, the the animation it wasn't as beautiful as we've seen in other battles, but again, like this was just the fight to get into the top eight. This wasn't the fight for, you know, top three, top two, the final. So I didn't expect the animation to be absolutely amazing, but we did get confirmation of who the eight are which Mm -hmm. i i knew anyway but it was good to see it all on screen and they do an actual presentation and they announce them one by one we've got ash we've got iris we've got is it alan uh alan yeah alan diantha lance steven cynthia and leon as well so we've got some really strong champions in this and i'm really looking forward to what i imagine is going to be back-to-back episodes where we just see these trainers come together because I, I, I'm, I'm hoping that we get to see some of the other trainers fight. So it isn't just Ash's perspective. We get to see like Lance take on Steven or whoever he decides to. I hope we get that um, because it will be really good to see some of these interactions that we don't get in the games. Yeah, I again, I thought it was fine. I thought... Hmm. I think the only real thing that I was like, yeah, that's really cool, was the switch up where he went, no, we're not mega evolving, we're doing Gigantamax instead. That was yeah. the only time I was like, oh, that's Ash thinking on the fly, that's really cool. Yeah. Other than that, sigh. Okay, okay, right. Um, should we move on to the next episode, narrowing the chase, chase where we're off to see Morville? Morville? See, see Morville. Morville. Mm-hmm. Which is a nature reserve it, yeah apparently which, which is interesting considering what we know went down in seamorville what did so what did go, i know it's just okay so ship. so seamorville initially used to be well it's a sunken ship and we know that experiments were done there now as far as omega ruby and alpha sapphire are concerned we know that i believe spiritum was experimented on there and um that's where the devon corporation got hold of infinity energy by basically sacrificing a whole bunch of pokemon and ripping the life energy from them yeah no it's dark it's super dark the fact that that's a nature yeah no straight up that's in the game yeah oh okay right oh okay maybe we shouldn't be here then (laughs) like (laughs) maybe maybe this should yeah wow okay um so we're here for go's next test which is basically a battle royale is the, is the way effectively to yeah 
yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Lo- loads of trainers go in. Last ma- last person, last trainer standing wins three tokens. The um, second wins two, and then third wins one. Um, Go though shows a little bit of mm, not promise. What's the word I'm looking for? He he decides to join up with his friend Horace. Horace. Mm-hmm. Um, Horace. Yep. And there are a couple of other trainers that that do the same. Um, couple of battles. The two of them win. Um, the team the, the the team then decides to release a load of Pokemon obstacles, such as jump off using sleep powder, coughing using smog. And from what I can tell, Magby just wanted a hug, like just mm-hmm. running after the trainers, holding its its hands out. I couldn't quite decide what Magby was doing. I'm not. Gonna um, lie. I think I missed the Magby. It, it it was in there for like two seconds. You get the, the initial Pokeballs open. There's a couple of Magbys, which I was a bit, okay, I get right, the okay. other ones, but I don't get why Magby's there. And then it shows two Magbys chasing a trainer for a couple of seconds as well. So it is very much like blink and you miss it. Um, we come across these other two trainers who I didn't catch the names of, but they you can tell just by how they look that they're the bad guys for the episode. Yeah, yeah. Um, they, they've got more of a design than any other character, so you know they're not uh, a background character, but at the same time, yeah. Uh, Do you not enjoy this one either? I think it's... it's I, I like the twist at the end. I like the twist at the end where Go doesn't win. Yeah, so just to kind of set the, the context of this is... um. Horace and Go manage to make it to the end. There's just the two of them. They think they're the winners, and then they get an announcement saying there, there can, can only, only be, be one. <laughs> one. There can only be one winner, which is basically the Hunger Games. It's like, yeah. oh, okay, so one of you has and to. And they didn't the know one. you're supposed to grab some berries and threaten to like dual suicide. Sorry, yeah. I don't know if we're allowed to say that. Um, <laughs> that this is that's what happens in the Hunger Games. I'm sorry. That's what happens in the Hunger Games. There you go. We're allowed to say it. Um, and uh, Horace initially wants to just like no bow out i can't be in go persuades him to fight and then in the battle yeah the twist is that go loses which like i'm 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 okay with that because go isn't he, he's a he's competent. not a battler the fact that he got as far as he did is well let's face it he wouldn't have got as far as he did without horace being support anyway yes I, that I being said that. the fact that he lost to Somebody who is mainly a support role. <laughs> yeah, when he's got Intel. Says a lot, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. I I'm, I'm so yeah, so Go gets two tokens. I'm these the for me, it's these these test episodes. Mm-hmm. I it's gone to the point now where I'm kind of like, I want to know where this is leading. Like I'm, I'm the first couple of the tests. Even though a lot of the tests were BS in terms of, there's no way you're going to accomplish that, or it feels like this one should have been earlier on. I feel like if you're going to do a test, this is the first test you have, right? To to yeah. check out are oh, they competitive battlers, and then from that you go, okay, well, can they work together? Okay, can they now use their compet their their Pokemon that they've proven they can, you know, battle with, and can they work with others we've already tested to take on a legendary? Like it feels like the the stakes for each of these test episodes are the wrong way around. Yeah, 
like they they started with helping Gary get Moltres, and now it's yeah. like, yeah, just fight randos. Yeah, exactly. And while it was good to get an Intellion episode of you know just him just shooting everything, like he can shoot water, he can shoot mud, he can. Yeah, I wasn't shoot... a fan of the fact that he just kept using mud shot. It was mud shot, like, and he can just eh. shoot mud bizarrely. Um, but it's his go-to move. That's what kind of wound me up. I'm like, why are you just using that over and over and over again? Yeah, why mudshot of all things? Um, it, it was. It's one of these episodes where, like, you, you've based it in Seymour Morville, but we got nothing about that. It could have been set anywhere. Like, if you're going to re- like, it, it's something that annoys me a little bit about the anime is that. Okay, if you're going to set it in a location, give us a reason for going to that location. Mm-hmm. Don't just do it as a, oh, you remember this from the game, don't you? You remember this, don't you? It's like, yeah, remember it, but I kind of want to know more about it. Like the whole, the one of the, the one of the, you know, one of the things I praise the anime for is when they deliver more information or backstory, you know, or lore about things that are only touched on or not even touched on in the games. So I would have liked more, more to be quite honest with you from this episode. But the next episode, I'm going to guess that you liked it. What was the next episode? The Homecoming Crown with Lily and her family. So here's the thing. I didn't finish Sun and Moon. Oh, okay. I thought you did. Right. Okay. No, I watched a whole bunch of it and then kind of fell off towards the end. So I never finished it. So this episode was kind of interesting because it was wrapping up a story I only had some context for. Yeah, yeah. Which is the dad going missing in some mm-hmm. kind of experiment. Um, so because this is this was mentioned earlier on in Journeys, wasn't it? Where they 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 have met up with Lily before, and she's mentioned about searching for a dad. And honestly. I didn't think that was going to pay off. I thought that was just one of those reoccurring things. A character comes in, they state the motive, they go off, and they never gets resolved. Back to the status mm-hmm. quo at the end of every episode. So to, to get an episode where it wraps up a plot line from what four seasons ago? Yeah, like yeah, like. And the thing is, not even just from the seasons. Like it wraps it up from the game because it's never fully covered in the game what happened. Like you, you know that Lucimine went crazy and follows Ultra Beast because her husband kind of mm-hmm. goes missing, but that's never finalized and <laughs> nothing ever comes of that. Right. Okay. So, so it's it's only from the anime that we now have a conclusive story to what's going on. Right. Okay. And believe it or not, Ash and Co are in this episode as well. Um, probably one of the episodes where they didn't need to be in it, mm-hmm. other than them just turning up at the end to, yeah, help out. What? I'd, so there is. A, I could have done is... without them. Honestly, I could have hey. done with them just being like, "This is Lily's episode. Lily is yes. the star. Get over it." Yeah, yeah. I, I'd have been more than happy with that. the The only thing that I did like about this is there's there's a shot where Pikachu jumps in through the window last minute to help out and. Like, I don't know how to describe the animation because I've not seen anything like it, but it kind of, things twist around Pikachu and it does this really, like, elaborate scene of movement. Mm. 
And I'm just thinking, what? And I was just sat there thinking, okay, that was absolutely gorgeous, but why have you spent time on that? It felt, <laughs> I just couldn't. Like, they've been complaining that they don't have enough, like, resource and they're really struggling. I'm like, okay, right, that makes sense. It's, it, I, I get it. It's, you know, it must be intensive to, to do all this animation. So why have you put time into Pikachu jumping through this 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 window and gain evolve? I don't know. Like, d- did you find the story, like, kind of heartwarming? Enough did you tug on the heartstrings. Enough, I think, is probably what I'd say. It okay. wasn't massively so. Okay. But I wasn't I wasn't mad. Okay. Okay. And what what did you think of the Again, I think with context it would have been a lot better. Yes. Yeah, I think that's probably what it was missing is that because I haven't I I haven't seen a lot of the Sun and Moon anime and I haven't seen anything to do with this plotline. The games, honestly, I didn't even know that the the dad going missing was in the games. I thought that was an anime only thing. I'm pretty um, sure it's in the games because it's why Lusamine was such such a um, <laughs> <laughs> because and she's far less in the anime. I will say this outright: she is, is she? far right. less so than she is in the games. She's a psychotic person in the games um yeah in the anime it's a little bit more forgivable and she's not quite so horrible to her daughter she's just clearly somebody who is depressed and is on a mission right okay what what did you make of the neil ego coming in and like yeah it makes sense i mean ever since we had neil ego revealed to us everybody went well that's lily though isn't it and yeah. this is the first time that's ever been referenced. Wait, that those two sorry. look alike. Oh, Lily and Neil Ego look exactly the same. I have sit right. Okay, I, I go on. I'm going to send you the picture now. Send me the so, send me the picture because I can kind of I kind of see what you mean with the hat. It's like, the hat. The, it's very it's specifically the hat, the hat. The long hair that looks the tentacles. Like I I can understand that. Yeah. Um, when when the images were first released, that's what everybody thought was okay. These two were clearly related somehow. Ah, uh, there was going to be a twist of oh, this person that's been following you around is actually a Pokemon potentially manipulating events. Yeah, something you, like that. And then it ca- turns out that no, it just absorbs Lusamine. Oh, okay. Yeah, I can I can see. Oh, yeah, because of the the two hair strands. Uh huh. I. I get it. I can I can see where in the the dress is very similar. I can I can completely... now. To be fair, the it is kind of touched on because what Lily wears for the start of the game is what her mother dresses her in, and her mother is obsessed with Ultra Beasts. So right. it's not that Nihiligo looks like Lily; it's that Lily looks like Nihiligo. I like that. That makes sense. Yeah. Trauma! Trauma, <laughs> just yeah. Just what every Pokemon game needs. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the episode wraps up. They managed to basically um, rejog the dad's memories. So Lily and... Is it Gladian? Yes. Yeah, get a, get a happy, happy reunion with the dads. Uh, and I don't think Ash and Co. really comment on it, do they? No. Uh, they, they show up. They... Does... 
what does picture uses one iron tail and then Nile goes like ow yeah <laughs> okay much, yeah. fine i'll lift the spell god yeah which apparently uh, Nile can brainwash people and make you think that it looks like your daughter apparently so yeah because like this for me should have been like yeah uh, I, it could have it could have been a special series yeah this could this whole story with them could have been a history in snow oh yeah agreed a three yeah. four episodes of just like really nice animation with this tight-knit family arc going on a mission to save their dad it would have been lovely yeah i can i can see that i can see that so that's the anime for this week, and there's no guessing game for because it's someone's fault, but we're not going to mention who. So we're going to move on to Common Sun's <laughs> question. Just throw me under the bus, why don't you? I didn't say who he was. It could have been me. Yeah, it wasn't, though, was it? <laughs> no, it wasn't. <laughs> so uh, we've got one comment courtesy of Tony over on YouTube this week. So... Um, they've just watched Dungeons and Dragons, which I have as well. Really good film. I recommend. Oh, did you it. watch it? Did you? I I watched Dungeons and Dragons. It was really good. Really enjoyed okay. it. I I, ha- I haven't caught it yet. Okay, I didn't go in with high expectations. Um, it's basically like Guardians of the Galaxy, but in Dungeons and the Dragons. Okay, interesting. And what I'm glad they didn't do is they didn't do. I I honestly thought what we the the twist of the film would be that okay this is all imaginary and it's people role playing at the table yeah at the table because then it'd be like oh you car- you know characters died so like, oh it doesn't matter because it's just it's it's not real it, it's very much played as hey if- hey it matters <laughs> it, d- it always <laughs> matters when a character dies it's gone it's gone see you later um Boy, it hurts. Yet- <laughs> but it, it's it's a really good film um there are some really well-built jokes where they just build and build and build and there is a there is a scene in a graveyard you'll know if 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 you're if you watched it and you listen to this you'll know what i'm on about where they the 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 laugh that you are expecting the joke that you are expecting to to have is like oh, okay that yeah whatever that that's a little bit funny i get it but then they they keep it going mm-hmm. and it becomes funny again and it's like it's absolutely fantastic and there there is a mid credit scene as well that, that i have heard there that. is a mid credit scene it's nothing amazing it doesn't like build up the next one it's just a little bit of extra humor at the end i would recommend watching it though are you going to watch it uh i think so i don't think i'm gonna okay. catch it in cinema because it takes a lot to get me out to the cinema these days with the okay. price of it oh yeah oh, it's no it's not cheap i i hope this does well though because i would love to see more more of the because like i i've i have seen comments from people going like average moviegoers that are just saying mm. oh it's all right and then i've seen comments from people that play D going this is ex- this is like watching a campaign just where it starts off with this well-intended plan and it descends into chaos. Things go wrong. The 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 DM is trying to like make up a story on the spot because they should have gone this way and they've gone this way. It, it's it's really good, worth watching. Anyway, the question is: um, uh, Tony says, 
I uh, just watched Dungeons and Dragons. I'm not big on the law, but I'm curious. What Pokemon team would you put together as part of a D&D campaign? Okay. So the big question is, do you play D&D? Do I play? I have played D&D. You have played D&D. Yes. Okay. So, they, okay. so you, so you kind of know what you're talking about. That's fine. And I know what I'm talking about. So I've kind of gone with the, the almost generic characters that you have so we need we need a healer we need someone that can heal and help out the party because without the healer we're gonna die pretty pretty quickly so i've got chancy because you know chancy you know uses eggs feed people whatever it can play in your cleric role love to see it yeah we need a fighter okay now fighters typically when i've seen them in you know other people playing them is typically they're really strong but they're not the smartest typically (laughs) so i've gone with annihilate something that thinks with its fists and it's it's ghost because it, it's that angry that it's already died in a previous campaign but the team managed to bring it back now we need a magic user as well okay we need a magic user for this campaign so i've got i've got two pokemon i couldn't decide which one we've got slow king because in a previous episode we've spoken about like how it uses magic incantations potions and stuff like that or i've gone with hooper so it can use its portal rings to kind of send okay. everyone everywhere and, you know, get to, you know, you go in there, you appear over there, you punch the bad guy in the back. And then I think I think any, you know, all the campaigns I played, there's always a sneaky thief, okay? Mm-hmm. And typically when things go wrong, it's because the thief sees gold and it just leads to, the, to mischief. So I, I've kind of got two here and I can't decide. I've got Greninja because he's quite a sneaky, sneaky boy. It's more of a ninja than a thief, but, you know, they're, they're similar. Or Zorark, mainly because of its illusion ability. Okay. And it can sneak in places and everything. So, interesting enough, my rogue was also Zorark. Right. Um, I didn't want to use Greninja because Greninja is the obvious rogue. Delphox, the obvious wizard. Um, you know, Chess... What, what's the final one called? Chespin. Chespin's, Chespin's final one. Uh, something Din. Uh, no. Um... Chespin, Quilladin. The point, Quilladin and Chestnut. Chestnut. Yeah. The point is, it's a paladin. Yeah. So yeah, those I... those three are kind of already designed to be RPG characters. Yeah. So I tried to avoid those. Okay. Um, I went off. I tried not to do like cleric and fighter and stuff like that. I chose a lot of the secondary classes. So started off with a bard because bards are my favorite characters, favorite yeah. role. Um. For me, a bard needs to A, be able to sing, and B, be able to bang everything that moves. And if you've <laughs> ever watched the Mystery Dungeon <laughs> that I did with Baker Bulbasaur, you will understand the Wiggly Tough Gentleman's Club. So, <laughs> so I've got Wiggly Tough as my bard. Yep. I went for a Barbarian, just an angry piece of work that just smashes things. Um, and I figured I'd go for Tauros, because it has Anger Point. And yeah. bull in a china shop makes sense to me. Yeah. Paldean Tauros is also fighting type, so I went with the Paldean Tauros. Uh, I wanted a magic user, but I didn't want to go for a wizard. So instead, I went with a warlock. Now, if you don't know what a warlock is, a warlock oh, like God. sells its soul uh, to gain yeah gain magic from a patron but those patrons can be anything from like demons and devils to great old ones like Cthulhu or the fey so i went with hatterene the witch of the forest oh i like that yeah as 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 a fey packed warlock which i was quite happy with uh 
healer. Again, didn't want to go with a cleric, so I went with a paladin, who's like a secondary healer. So I need someone who's big and strong, can tank some hits, deal a load of damage, but also has healing moves. So I went with Gallade. Yeah, I can see that. You know, the the gallant knight thing, the whole paladin is most righteous, is in there as well. And then I'd rounded my team out with uh, Druid. Uh, Harder than I thought, I was thinking maybe Celebi. Um, You know, Celebi is is, is a great forest creature and things like that. But I landed on Sawsbuck, weirdly enough, because, you know, I think a Druid... There was there was there was another toss up where I was gonna pick Ditto because yeah. druids get to transform into a bunch of different stuff, so it would make sense. But to me, druids are most in tune with nature, and Sawsbuck is the only one that changes with nature and with the seasons and stuff. So that's why I went with it. Wow, they they oh, I really enjoyed that question. More quirky, more quirky questions like that, please. Just like yeah, I I. D&D is one of those ones where I've played it, I really enjoyed it, but my local D&D club wasn't really that local. Mm-hmm. Um, and I spent I spent half the time traveling to get there to play, unfortunately. And the other, the closest D&D, the closest place that did a D&D like weekly thing was obviously aimed at towards university students because it was mm-hmm. like it was somewhere I think it was like a Tuesday at two o'clock. I'm like, yeah, I'm at yeah. work. So <laughs> that's not gonna that's not gonna work, unfortunately. And I don't know enough to set it up myself. I would love to get back into D D at some See, point. See, I'm quite lucky. I I play most of my games online now. Um yeah. actually with a bunch of people who I've met through YouTube and fans and stuff like oh, that. Safe. So I've been running my campaign for two years now and that comes to an end probably in the next game wait so, you're running that are you running the I, campaign? yeah i i i've a dm i've been playing D for god what year is it <laughs> six seven years now okay. um so do you, do you set out with a motive so like do you want to make it so difficult that they the chances are they lose or is it more about the adventure so to me it's more about the story yeah. i'm i'm here to craft story with people um the challenges are not there to kill you. They're there to challenge you. They're yeah. there to be spe- They're specifically designed to be overcome. Mm. Um, I don't think it's me versus players. I think that's a really horrible mentality to have. Yeah. Um, and honestly, again, I've been running my game for two years. The most damage, like the, the closest my players have come to death is when they did it to themselves. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so... <laughs> there's that um oh, no very often and nobody tell them but if it's looking a little bit rough and they're not handling it very well or it's i've oh, i've unbalanced something and made something too powerful i'll nerf it behind the screen yeah they don't know do they yeah no nah. you can you can do that and now that's the way that's the way i, I, I do it like you set them up to win to win challenges to overcome and typically if they are struggling it's not because you have designed it for them to struggle. It's typically because they have made terrible do, mistakes or we, not not thought this through properly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. exactly. Now that being said, I, I I do emotionally torture my failures. <laughs> oh yeah, you, you got to fall through the ring, aren't you? You've got. To, I, you've got I, to. I am fully there. Like I, I'm the kind of person where, when I play D and D, I I do it to get a lot of stuff out of my system. 
Like I build characters with very similar character flaws to me so I can work through them in a healthy yeah. manner. Yeah. <laughs> and I assume that all my players are doing that too. So um emotional <laughs> torture. Yeah, you've I I just love the fact that D&D typically doesn't turn out how you expect. One of the first nah. campaigns we we played was oh, you've got to go kill a dragon. And he, and we had a bard who wanted to seduce the dragon. But of course, of course, and we ended up basically roping up the dragon. And I just just remember the look on the, the DM's face. We said, "How much rope have I got?" And he's like, "Why are you asking that?" <laughs> like, well, just, just you know, how much rope? Like, don't ask what I'm into. Don't ask me questions you don't want to know the answer to. <laughs> he's like, "So you've got this dragon flying around, breathing fire." And you want to try and throw rope over it in the last? <laughs> I was like, yeah, <laughs> because I was because I mean, we were convinced that we'll bring the dragon in, but we're we're not killing it. <laughs> we're not killers. <laughs> oh, wow. I, I miss playing. I miss playing Dungeons and Dragons. If you've got a comment or question, you can reach us by leaving a comment on our podcast on YouTube, by emailing goldenrodpod at gmail.com, by leaving it on our Discord channel, or by using the hashtag goldenrodpod on Twitter. And that's the show for this week. Have you gotten this far? You're just a top dollar, aren't you? Connie, where can we find you? You can find me on my YouTube channel at Captain Fidget or on Twitter at Cap Fidget. And I'm Professor Hoeing on Twitter. And I've butchered that. No, I'm Ben. You can find me as Professor Hoeing Gaming on YouTube and Professor Hoeing on Twitter. That's what I get for going off script. As for the Golden Rob Podcast, you can find us on the usual platforms. Search for Golden Rob Podcast on YouTube or on your usual podcast app. Leave a like on YouTube or a five-star review if you're listening as a podcast. We'll be back next Friday for another week of Pokemon podcast content. See ya! That was very aggressive. (laughs) (laughs) Very angry. He's angry.